0: I'm in. I'm in. May be seated. i Amen. in. i in. seated. I've been stepping in and trying to pinch hit for Whitey on his Tuesday Bible study. And uh, we've been having a good time. We're going through Mark, and we've been in Mark 13, which has a lot to do with end times and great tribulation and scary stuff. And uh, we talked a lot in our last class about why does Jesus tell us this? And the bottom line that we got around to was, because He loves us. God tells us things because He loves us. God lets us know and peels back the curtains and gives us insight because He cares for us. It's not just so He has grounds to get us if we step out of line. Well, I told you. That's not why God does it. God does tells us things, gives us advice, gives us the way to live, reveals who He is because He loves us. He loves us. Um, today's readings, uh, he, there, there are things that come out that I think we can kind of take to the bank and be certain of God's love for us because of, of what He tells us. You know, from Proverbs uh, saying, seek wisdom. Uh, so that we can make good choices because our choices determine ultimately whether or not we live with Him and receive His love and live with Him eternally forever, right? It's forever. Well, you know, you get... It's twice. <laughs> Infinitely ongoing. Okay. I know. Uh, Psalms makes the point that not everybody knows this stuff. And it's not because God is keeping it from everybody, but you've got to start somewhere. And he revealed it to his people so that it could be revealed around the world. And not everybody knows yet. So let's pay attention to what we've been given because it's important stuff. All right, so in Proverbs, God reminds us that wisdom is, isn't something that you're either born with or, or, or not. You have or you don't. Some are in, some are out. Wisdom is something that you can seek for. Wisdom is actually something that is so readily available for those that accept the invitation. That it's kind of like wisdom set a big banquet. Built a big dining hall. Set a banquet and and sent out invitations to you. To come and to eat and to feast on what's wise. Now wisdom is applied knowledge. It's one thing to know something, but you can know a lot of stuff and all you're good at is trivia games. But knowing how to apply that changes your life, right? Uh, A street sign can tell you it's a one-way street, but wisdom can tell you, yeah, but still, look both ways before you cross. Right? Knowledge can tell you that a tomato is a fruit and wisdom can tell you, don't put it in your fruit salad. <laughs> right? If knowledge is power, wisdom is the plug in the cord so that it can get where it needs to go. Wisdom is available for you and me if we'll seek it because God Wants us to have it. Proverbs nine, one to six. Wisdom has built her house. See how wisdom's personified. Is there really somebody out there named Wisdom that built a house? No. This is a metaphor, right? She's carved it seven columns. She's prepared a great banquet, mixed the wines and set the table. She sent her servants to invite everyone to come. You're invited to come. And to get wisdom. She calls out from the heights overlooking the city. Come in with me. She urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment. She says come. Eat my food. Drink the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways behind. And and begin to live. Evidently there's, there's more life. in in applying wisdom than there is in just fine by the seat of your pants. If we really use that good judgment, we can live better. So, like I said, God gives His people information that not everybody has. Uh, Psalm 147, 19, He's revealed His words. To Jacob, his decrees and regulations to Israel. He hasn't done that for any other nation. They don't know his regulations. Praise the Lord. But he wants them to know it. He wants you to know it. And you have access to things that not everybody out there has access to. And you're free to go and to feast upon it. But you have to apply it. And in Corinthians, Paul gives an example of how to apply it. We were in Ephesians five fifteen and following. Paul says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Fools don't live the same way as the wise. You ever, you ever known that? You ever seen it? Anybody ever go to college with them? Anybody ever been them in college? Don't have to confess here. That's for later, right? <laughs> Folks that fly by the seat of the pants, that don't consider the consequences, that don't have aim or direction, that that are you know, it seems good right now, let's go for it. They're more concerned with whether or not they can. Not whether or not they should. But God wants us to be wise and to consider what it is that we do. Now, why is that? Because your choices matter. Your choices determine the quality and direction of your life. Making bad choices or refusing to make right ones, you might still be paying for that. Every month, because your, garn- your wages are garnished, because you weren't wise. Um, you, you may have lost relationships over it. You, you might have missed the promotion, not gotten the job, not be living where you wished you were, not be where you thought you should be in life. And it's not because God doesn't love you, it's because of your choices. And so, so when Paul says be careful on how you live and don't live like fools, he gives us an example and a way to apply it. He says, Don't get drunk. That leads to ruin in your life. If you if you do that, and that's what you're living for, and you're doing that on a regular basis, I don't care if you started because you were trying to drown your sorrows and your sorrows were legitimate, or you started just because it was fun and everybody that you knew was doing it, uh, or it's a way to escape and, and to lay things down, or it's what lets you relax. You know, I don't know why you started it, but Paul says, don't just keep on doing that. It ends up biting you. Because there's, there's a principle That if something has control of you, if you don't have control of it, whatever it is that has control of you, hurts you. Right? You ever seen that? Apply the wisdom. Paul Paul says, instead, drink deeply of the Holy Spirit. Come and, and spend time seeking His influence. It's going to go a lot better for you if you do. Being filled with the Holy Spirit instead of other spirits gives life rather than ruins it. All right, so, so there are metaphors that we're seeing. You know, uh, Proverbs, there's a metaphor where wisdom, you know, is personified and, and has a table that you come and eat at. And Paul says, in, instead of getting drunk all the time, Drink deeply of the Spirit is the implication. Be filled with the Spirit. And Jesus uses a metaphor too. When he's talking about you, you have to feed on me. You have to come and, and get to know me. The, we were in John 6, starting in verse 53. But all of John 6 is, is about this whole metaphor. And it starts out with Jesus feeding 5,000 as they were on their way to celebrate Passover. He feeds 5,000 with... Just a, a couple of loaves of bread and a few fish, and, and it's miraculous. and it, Everybody gets to eat. And then a discussion comes up the next day with the people who ate. And, uh, you know, comparisons are made between, well, who are you? You know, Moses fed, used, fed our, our ancestors with manna in the desert. And, and who are you? Why, why don't you keep on doing stuff like that? I think they were hungry. I I don't think that they were looking for real deep meanings here. I think they were like, hey, you know, you gave us food yesterday. I'm kind of, can you do it again? (laughs) So he's been having this conversation, and and it compares eating food with coming close to him. And, and, you know, that metaphor of of drinking him in, uh, of getting to know him, of ingesting who he is in our lives. And it's kind of shocking how graphic he gets, because he gets pretty graphic. It's kind of gross. A lot of people left because of it. But he, I, I think Jesus really wanted people to come close and to figure out who he is and, and to seek him and his ways and, and what he'd say. Because the point is, there is no eternal life unless you're intimate with Jesus. Unless you come to him and learn of him and get to know him and, and, and take, him win, take him in and, and his ways become our ways, there is no eternal life. He said, starting in John six fifty three. he said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, and we go, ooh, that's weird, And Jesus is like, hey, I'm just continuing this metaphor that we've been talking about. And I'm serious. I really want you to get this. I really want you to, you know, to, to take this in. Unless you do this, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I'll raise that person at the last day. Now, there are things that we can go back and, and learn about communion from that. You know, there are implications it has. But I don't think he's talking about communion. He's talking about the comparison of, of food that you eat with a relationship that you have. And how you can take that in. We need to ingest Jesus. We, we need to digest his teachings and his character in his actions so that who he is becomes alive in who we are just like drinking in the holy spirit is much better than than drinking to forget coming and feasting on who he is gives life Just like Moses led the Israelites, our life with Jesus is like a journey that takes us from slavery into freedom. And he is the means and he is the strength for that journey. He's he's the reason for the journey. He's the only way the journey happens. He says, I'm the true bread that came down from heaven. And anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna. Oh yeah. Big miracle. Every day they ate manna. It's food from heaven. They ate it every day. Guess what? They still died. I'm talking about something else. If you come to me, says Jesus, and you take me in, chew on it, make it a part of you, digest it, let it come out in you, Who I am. Then you'll find eternal life. You'll live forever. He's the one that sustains us just like manna sustained the Israelites in the desert. He's the one who counsels us. He's the one who reveals who God is. He's the one that reveals how we respond. He gives us new perspective and new strength. to meet all the worries and cares and concerns of our life, the big ones and the small ones. And it comes from feasting on Him and getting to know Him and learning of His ways. Alright, so now you have some knowledge. And all it's going to be is Bible trivia answer unless you use wisdom and apply it. How do you apply it? How is it that you learn of his ways? How is it that you you, you come to, to take him in and find his life in you? One thing that I really really hope that you do and encourage you to do is to read the scriptures about him on a regular basis, not just once at Christmas or Easter. But to really seek Him in there and find out, well, you know, I wonder what Jesus would do in my situation. You've probably even seen those bracelets that used to be so popular. What would Jesus do? And that's not a mental exercise. That's an exercise to come and find out of Him uh, uh, from those that, that knew Him and wrote about Him. Go and read that. Spend time contemplating the things that he says. Find out, you know, take notice of how he acts. How does what he does show us who God is? Because it does. You can look at Jesus and you're actually seeing God. So we can learn about God by looking at what Jesus does and who God loves and and what he thinks is important. And you you can learn that from looking at Jesus and taking him in. You also learn what it is to be fully human by looking at Jesus. You learn what what it is to be fully free by watching Jesus. You learn what it is to have a relationship with God and to walk it out by looking at Jesus. So when you look at Jesus, how Jesus does things and how he responds, it gives us insight on on who we were made to be and that through him we can become. So how do we apply this? What's the wisdom in it? It's to seek him every day. Don't forsake the scriptures. Don't forsake praying and seeking him, talking with him, listening for him. Just like you have to eat every day to sustain your strength, you have to eat every day to sustain your strength. You don't eat, you peter out. Right? So feed yourself on Him. Uh, Proverbs, you want wisdom? Proverbs is is full of all kinds of things. You know there are 31 chapters in Proverbs? Some days of the month have 31 days. You never find more than 31 days in a month. You can go and read a chapter a day in Proverbs. I guarantee you if you do that, every time through you're going to find new things. Wow, when did they come and put that in? That wasn't here last time I read it. You know? You want wisdom? It's great ways to apply knowledge. Go and, and read through that. Read a chapter a day. If if you're under twenty five, I don't know of anything better I can tell you. If you want to, if you want to be wiser than your friends, that's one pretty much guaranteed way to do it. It's Feed on the wisdom that's set before you. Read a chapter a day. Think about it. Contemplate it. And feed yourself every day. Seek for Jesus. Because He is. He's the bread of life. He's the one that sustains us. He's the one that gives us life. He's the one that reveals who God is and who we're made to be. There's wisdom in seeking Him. I really think that God wants to be known. That's why we have the scriptures that we do. He wants to be known. So He reveals Himself that way. Anybody can read it. And now you know. God loves you. He wants you to know. That's why He left it for us. And He meets us in it. And it feeds our souls in ways that not everybody will know yet. He offers wisdom. He offers a better life, an eternal life. And there is no substitute for sitting down at the table with Him. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.